This episode of RFK Refugees is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to ensure that there are future episodes and help this show grow, visit patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. That's patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. Enjoy the show. You know what, folks? This is where normally I start my intro with happy, joy, go lucky, welcome, welcome everybody in, my normal catchphrase. But you know what, John, and listeners, wonderful listeners out there, it just doesn't seem like this is an appropriate time. The bad times are here. All hell is broken loose. Things are bad. Things are really, really bad. But uh, yeah, we're here to talk about it. We're here to be your catharsis. We're here to be your way to listen. You might agree with us. You might hate with us. Write in the show, rfrefugees at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. But first, we're going to give our thoughts. And I'm going to start with John. John, how are you doing, my friend? How's it going? Are, how, are oh, you... everything's great. I mean, I've stayed off Twitter the last... I, I didn't go to the game last night. I, you didn't. You made the smart choice. <laughs> you made uh, the smart choice. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't end up going after actually probably needing to stay home, and I didn't stay on Twitter. I wasn't on Twitter all day long. So everything to me is fine. I mean, I heard we lost, but I didn't, I didn't see it. <laughs> and, you know, you know, I'm confident about the future. Yeah. I mean, I just want to like go through, I guess, my mindset over like a 24 hour period. This was actually the first game I was coming into in a long time where I was actually legitimately, yeah, I don't want to say excited, but I was intrigued, I guess, to see what the team would do, you know, how they would play, you know, with the, with the Kamara news, who would, who would step up, who, who would be the person to step up? Particularly, I was going to look at Luciano Acosta. Um, I, I pinpoint this game as sort of a fork game. Um, the season was going to go one direction or the other direction and, uh, based on this game, in my opinion. Um, and based on the result, um, I it was bad and even worse than I ever could have imagined. Could not imagine really how bad this was going to be. Um, even I saw the lineup and you kind of ha- I kind of have that moment where I'm like, OK, um, I guess we're trying this again. OK. And then you're kinda, your mind just kind of, well, I mean, it's at home, you know, maybe though this maybe this is the game they put it all together. Doesn't happen, um, but it, it was a nice pregame. I had I got Ben Olson stopped by the the Bar Brava had set up like a like a sort of mini lot eight sort of event, and so I stopped by there and Ben Olson just happened to roll on by. I see this like scrawny dude with like a buzz cut, and I look over and I'm like, oh my god, that's Ben Olson. Um, so I got to experience a little more of the tailgate, um, which was nice, uh, a little bit of a different experience than what I've had. So that that part was fun. The game was crap, and here's our review of the game. Uh, it sucked. It was awful, terrible, bad, and we're we're going to talk a little bit about it probably, kind of spurt throughout the show, but we figured we'd save you all an in-depth review of just how bad that game was, um, because we all know it was bad. Um, if you're on Twitter right now, uh, it's literally like the Elmo fire meme, like, come to life with <laughs> with everything, so, um, ugh, yeah. Anyway... Let's get to the news. Uh, let's get to some big news. Uh, probably the biggest story. Well, the bigger story was going to be Ola Kamara signing and the game and um, and maybe some Alejandro Bedoya. And then it turned into Wayne Rooney might be leaving at the end of the year. Um, John, what is your what are your thoughts on this? Because at first we kind of – the news comes out in England. Oh, he's the Aubrey Curry player coach. And we're like, yeah, sure, whatever. You know, nameless sources. And then suddenly, like, you see that Dan Stanberg post something – Stephen Golf, I, I saw it from a Dan Steinberg retweet, and I saw it from Stein, Steinberg. Steinberg. Sorry, sorry. Right. Uh, I saw it from a Dan Steinberg uh, retweet, and then 
Uh, of course, it ends up being the Stephen Golf post where apparently sources close to Wayne Rooney say, "Yep, it's true. He might be looking to leave at the end of, at the end of the year." Um, John, what what do you make of this? What what, what are your thoughts? Ah, oh, I think that they they call into question my general philosophy about Olson, which we'll talk about in the next segment. It calls into question the question I we talked about last weekend that what if Olson? What if what if the Rooney move wasn't really about winning? It calls into question the loan moves made at the beginning of the season. It calls a lot of things into question, particularly now. So we'll talk through it. There's, you know, there's like a 0% chance that you listen to this podcast and haven't paid attention to the news since while we're recording up till tomorrow or tonight when we release it. But anyway, there are two clubs, uh, Darby County and Burnley, who are both interested in Wayne Rooney as a player coach now or potential. I think they'd love him now, but... Um, for the end of end of this season, or potentially the end of next season, the scuttlebutt is that his wife and family have not enjoyed being living here. They lived in Maryland, so I think that's problem one. They made yeah. a mistake there. Mm-hmm. They probably shouldn't have done that. Um, that aside, uh, she <laughs> the the whole cover story about Wayne missing the game in Atlanta due to injury was was now proven borne out to in fact be a cover story. It was about getting him over there with his family when he needed it to be there. Um, I want to, as a quick aside, you know, that, that part of that is, is none of our business like that, that, that decision-making, you know, the calculus going on there, whether or not he should do it, whether or not where that puts us in a bind, it doesn't matter. He's an adult man and he's got a million children and he's got a wife to keep happy. And if she doesn't like it over here and he has the ability to move wherever he wants and still do what he wants to do more power to him. I, I wouldn't blame him at all for it, but it seems like she's not settled and he's trying to figure out a way to make everything work. Uh, oftentimes in a relationship, you have to figure out how can we give everybody the thing that they need? How can we make, how can we make this puzzle piece fit? How can I put this square peg in this round hole? So that came out, like you said, came out in the British press. Then we got it verified twice. Then we got it verified three times and it really bummed me out just, just completely fully. And I, and, and, Rooney has not been lighting the world on fire this season like he did last year, for sure. Undoubtable. He scored crazy goals still. That seems to still be a trademark of of Wayne Rooney's tenure in MLS. Uh, But the team around him was not uh, performing to the same level, and as a result, he was not able to, to, to duplicate those performances. Without Wayne Rooney, what does this team become? Uh, he had, until the end of, was it was... Through 2021, right? Mm-hmm. That would have been okay. So that's we're gonna. No, we were, it was so it was through through next season with so with an option for another season. I think was the was what it was. So it was like it. I think it was like two and a half year contract with an option for a third. Yeah. Um, and I think we all said from the beginning this this is a this is a two and a half year contract. I, I'm very very unlikely that the team would have exercised um, exercised that that half season or that next extra season. I guess. Um, so. Yeah, it's it's a huge bummer. Um, I will agree with you that I think he has struggled over the past few weeks. Uh, maybe, you know, again, uh, you don't necessarily want to speculate too much, but you know, maybe this situation, maybe all this is kind of coming to focus. Maybe his his mind is not a hundred percent here right now um, with kind of what's going on, the the coaching, everything like that. So, but I, I have noticed kind of a very 
uh, some very muted performances from him. Um, he, he's not as active on the ball, and I think it's actually gone a little bit uncriticized. Um, I've really thought he's been a very – I mean, everybody's been bad on D.C., but he's the type of guy, player who, in the early in the season, the team was playing bad, but he was playing excellent, and it was lifting the team into wins maybe where they where they shouldn't have wins. Um, and I thought over the over this particularly this like four or five game stretch, uh, maybe with the exception of the of the Cincy game, uh, he's been a very average player. Um, so he I caught their suck. What's that? The suck was the suck was contagious, and he caught I guess, their suck. I guess so. I guess so. I guess so. But it's 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 a tough situation. It's disappointing for sure. I mean, from a marketability standpoint for DC, I'm sure they're extremely That's disappointed. Huge. Yeah, that is the biggest effect, more so than the play on the field. Look at the look at the 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 makeup of the fans that go to these games listen to the listen to the crowd particularly in the cheaper seats when he goes to take a corner that amounts to nothing they go ape shit mm-hmm. they love him they are i saw i was sitting behind a family of three who all bought rooney jerseys clearly they just took the tags off all authentic rooney jerseys sitting right in front of me going completely crazy every time he touched the ball seemed like the first game at the at the stadium there are lots of those, and if he goes at the end of this season, a, uh, it will be it will happen. I believe, I guess, after uh, renewals or, or or new season ticket, they they maybe have bumped that up a little. I'm not sure, but uh, that is going to take a huge bite out of a the walk up and b these these groups because they know that there's going to be a demand for their for their you know for their workers or business connections to go see Wayne Rooney when that's gone, no one is buying a $10,000 box commitment to see Ola Kamara and Paul Ariola. They're not going to do it. Like that's just not going to happen. They they knew that they needed a marquee name to sell the premium tickets enough to make sure that they would come out ahead on overall, you know, taking into account other cheaper season tickets and you know, walk up and all that stuff. They're, some of those are multi-year commitments, so they're locked in. They'll be sad about that. The other ones are not. This is going to kick the crap out of this team from the marketability side. No one is going to care. The hard, the hardcore will care who have always cared. We will continue to care. But for, forget local media coverage. Forget newspaper coverage outside of the post. Wayne Rooney was the thing that made this team interesting to people who are, weren't already invested. And if he goes... And he's replaced with Ola Kamara. I'm sorry. Not going to do it. Not going to cut the mustard. It's going to be a huge problem for this team's bottom line and for this team's future. So, uh, agreed on the markability point. I think the markability will take a dive. On the flip side, I do think that if the team can put together you know, a successful product... This might be a short-term pain for for a more longer-term uh, longer-term gain. Um, even in you know the early two thousands, you know the early uh, early I would say you know sorry middle two thousands, you know when the team was was playing well and playing exciting soccer, uh, people were still coming out to see games there. They were still coming out. I mean, they were still packing you know nineteen to twenty thousand people at at, at these games. Um, the the it, the draw, I, I do agree with you with the marketability. I'm sure Flow Sports has to be furious right now. <laughs> they signed a three-year commitment, and they might not even get another. They only got one full season with Wayne Rooney, so I bet they're absolutely furious right now. Um, I could see them being probably the most upset because they paid. They can suck it, by the way, but go ahead and continue. <laughs> <laughs> but continue. But no, I mean, I'm, just, I, I'm not necessarily saying they, they – I think they deserve it a little bit because of how they've – the type of 
Well, the Wayne Rooney Pre- show will have to cancel. They'll have to oh, yeah. do the second oh, yeah. season of the Wayne Rooney show. All those, so, all those promises, um, all those promises they made that they never actually followed through on. But, um, I will say that you know it. I think if this team can put can still figure out a way, even without Wayne Rooney, putting on a winning product on this field then I still think that fans are going to show up because fans are going to want an entertaining product. Um, they're going to want an entertaining soccer product. And the Washington Post is still going to cover D.C. United. There's still going to be you know coverage for D.C. United. Um, so I think that is that is the crucial thing right now for this team. Um, if, if this happens at the end of this year, is you got to win and you got to win. You know, you got to be top two, three in the East and you got to be playing an attractive brand of soccer. Um, and that might not include keeping around your coach Ben Olsen. Do you uh, see that? Do you see that as possible? I, I I still I still very much do. I think there is there is still even without Wayne Rooney, there is still a good sort of starting place. You're not a, any coach, you know, whether it happens to be Ben Olsen, you know, it, it, in any sense, you know, losing Wayne Rooney gives them the option to, you know, put that put those assets and that money elsewhere. Um, or put that put some, at least a portion of that money elsewhere um, into other talent, into other projects. And I, I was very worried about next season of sort of being sort of a Rooney drop off because I'm already starting to see that kind of drop off, especially through the full part of the season. And that's partly why I think Kamara could actually end up being a better player. Number one, he's four years younger, four or five years younger than than Wayne Rooney. I think he's 29. He's going to be 30 in October, so he's still very, very much sort of you know at the sort of at the cusp of his prime he's been a very very effective uh striker in major league soccer he has i kind of looked at the stats i think over 90 games in major league soccer he has 49 sorry 48 goals um so that's a really pretty good uh strike rate um for 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 a striker um it's almost exactly what wayne rooney is has developed in this league so and you're going to get some very good seasons out of him The, the kamar ola kamar is a fantastic fantastic player, uh, fantastic striker, and I think brings a little bit more pace, a little bit more, um, uh, less, you know, less miles on the legs for sure, and I think that's going to impact, and I think that that's going to be um, something to watch is kind of when he comes into this team, how does his team start to look, and how does his team start to play, um, and maybe the, the Ola Kamara move might be something that, you know, if, if he comes in and starts performing, putting the ball in the back of net, maybe Wayne Rooney says, okay, maybe I'll stick this out for another year. Um, I, I do think this team, it's still very possible for this team to put a winning product on the field. Um, and it, it, the team can't go in with the notion that necessarily that when they lose Wayne Rooney, blow it all up and start over from scratch. I don't think you can do that. I think you can still get people out there. And if the team wins, I think the fans will still come. The fans will still be there. A winning team, regardless who's out there, it could be, you know, 23 Leonard Pahoy's on the roster. If the team's winning, people are going to show up and watch it. So those are my thoughts. I could be completely wrong. But and John, I think thinks I'm very wrong. But those yeah, are we my disagree. Things. We this is the most we've ever disagreed on anything. And I don't know how many episodes we've have. I am I am I am full Dark Lord of the Sith about this. If you look at what this team, we'll look at what what ne- next season looks like. What's the worst case scenario? Wayne Rooney's gone. Lucho's gone. Leo's back at Boca. TT is back at uh, Argent uh, Estudiantes, I believe. Uh, Bill Hamid's back at, at in Denmark. You have uh, Paul Ariola could be sold if, if interest is still there. Granted, they said they don't see him moving in this window. Could move in the winter window. 
he's not going to want to be there for he's he's right now in the in the prime of his career. He's a, he's a national team starter. I don't believe with all of the players leaving and requiring them all to be refilled with new players who have to get built into a new system with a new coach, it would make sense for his career to get out of town either in the, probably in the winter. So that's another hole you have to fill on the offensive side. You now have uh a lot of a lot of gaps to fill on this team uh all over the place. You are requiring you're assuming there, that that money or we're going to get a, we're going to sell Wayne Rooney potentially. What do we get for Wayne Rooney? Maybe five million, ten million on the optimistic side. I would say probably that would be potentially on the optimistic. I think it's going to depend. I think DC can make a very, very for all those arguments you listed earlier. They can make a very strong argument um, that they can be a a uh, that 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 what they're asking for might be more than what say another team is asking for, just based on the marketability issue and the, and just what he means to season ticket numbers and things like that. Sure, but then they could say, well, this is already out there in the public. Wayne's wife is is confirmed to want to leave, or not confirmed, but whatever. This is in the market. Do you want to have a pissed-off Wayne Rooney play for you next year? You can do that. We're not going to pay you $10 million, or we're not going to pay you $50 million, regardless of how well how much this hurts your business case. We'll just move on. He's he, We'd like him as a player coach, but Darby County is not going to – our season is not going to hinge on Wayne Rooney at age 33 coming into 34 next year. Like he's good for them, but he he means a lot more to us, and they'll just move on. And he wants to get out of here. He's got to go. His wife, theoretically, again, this is all based on sort of secondhand information. He's he's got to go. He's got to go either go now or go later. But he's got to get out of here. So that's there's that. So we'll put that to the side. We'll put the Wayne part to the side. You require Dave Casper, who has made some great moves, undoubtedly. Ben Olson's. There's no way Ben Olson survives this purge. This would be this would be crazy to me if we we tank the whole half of the season, don't make the playoffs, or maybe make the playoffs at the very bottom, play one road game against the top like a two or three seed. Maybe maybe we win. Who knows? I don't think we will. So he goes, half of his team leaves, and they don't take this opportunity to completely rebuild and retool and re make a new philosophy. Say they do that. That's but, a but by, by the ahead. way, I don't mean to I don't mean to interrupt, but um Jim White, sports broadcaster at Sky Sports News, says Wayne Rooney traveling to UK overnight. Expect him at Darby County. I think that's Darby DC uh, Darby County official later on Tuesday. Announcement later on him become player coach at club. Well, there you go. <laughs> wow. So that's happening. I mean, uh I mean uh Pablo said within forty eight hours, so that's that. I don't so that means that I, I still don't think that they let him go now. They probably still make him see out the season, even though it's eight games of just a drudge of a, of the funeral of the funeral march to uh, to the seventh spot or eighth spot because this team just can't play. Yeah, and they have one defensive midfielder. Yeah, and Pablo Mara is reporting. He says, you know, expect a deal finalized in that time frame. DCU exec tells me no chance he leaves uh, this window. Yeah. So. so. So you got you got him for the rest of the year, just like you got Lucho for the rest of the year. Uh, the two pretty unmotivated players coming into what it has to be like the most. If you're a DC United fan, your hopes for them making the playoffs will rely on everything going right for the, for the next nine games, and you've got two players that are have two feet out the door. So this season, I would say this season's pretty much up. I think this is a wash now. I think we I think we have to talk about 2020, which is crazy because we were in we had a chance to go into first place with a win in this game 
And such is our mindset with this with this change and with the decisive loss that we're already. T- I mean, you know, you can look at the standings and see where we're at and see the teams that are hot on our butts. But <laughs> it is entirely possible that this team plays horrible, plays, plays basically the same level they've been playing, and still actually scrapes into the playoffs because the teams at the bottom, the two at the bottom, aren't moving. Uh, Toronto is a one potential team below the line that you could see go ahead, but they could they could make they could get on the same like point of game point of game pace that they're at and still probably scrape in. And then they'll, what? I'm just sorry, I'm all over the place. The atmosphere in that situation, <laughs> what is that? What is that playoff game going to be like? It'll be on the road, so I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, for, for, yeah. For a DC United fan, but it's going to be on the road for Constant. There's no more. No more home. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I I, I just see this. I maybe this is me, the eternal optimist in in all situations. I I just think it's a bad. And again, I'm not saying this is a good situation. I'm trying to say that this team needs to figure out a way to start to think, start at least getting the process starting, and. In my opinion, that starts with uh, Ben Olsen being shown the door, and, and you got to bring somebody in here who can bring, uh, you know, a, a different identity, a different vision, something, something new or something different. And and it has to be, in my, it has to be somewhat of an established name. I don't know if you can lure. I forget where Jason Kreis is right now, but if you can lure him in here, I'd like to have him here. Um, you know, it, it can't be, you know, number one, it can't be a new, like a brand new coach. It can't be like a Josh Wolf type character, like a guy who may be a good coach, but maybe we don't know. You, you need to bring somebody in here who's established, who's a well, a name. Bruce Arena? Yeah, Bruce Arena would have been fantastic. <laughs> Bruce Arena would have been fantastic. God. You missed that one by just this much. Yeah. Just a, just a little bit. Yeah. Could you imagine if he was still available? Like, I, I honestly, he would have been the one coach where after that game, I would have picked up the phone. I would have said, "All right, we got to I would have called the ownership and said, "We got to get rid of Ben and let's let's go talk to Bruce and see what he see what he's got." And Bruce fired Chad Ashton interim coach. Let's go get let's go get, let's try to get someone else in here. Let's try to get Bruce in here. So we were we were all set to do a a a intelligence squared debate style Oxford style debate about Olsen and Olsen out. There's no Olsen in case of this point. no other than other than you really don't want to see what lineups it, chad ashton picks which the, i kind of don't but it's also not a reason not to fire the only the only he olsen deserves the rest and i think we're still on the boat that sure. olsen give the rest of the season i mean it's almost <laughs> over anyway what's i mean why not just give him the rest of the season short of an mls cup final short of maybe an mls cup final appearance maybe yeah beyond that he's gone at the end of the year. He has to be gone. And the, the team needs to needs to make that type of move because you can I think you could at least get, you know, people who care, people who who some people who have been um who've been kind of disenfranchised with the team. I think that's also this is a good maybe a good point to try to bring those try to bring those people back in. Um, you know, there's there's a lot um I, I was I was talking with I, I won't name the source, but I was talking with with some um of the upper sort of echelons in, in the supporters group. And they were all kind of telling me that things are certainly beyond off the ball are getting better. And, and there's definitely a better process for re-engagement and trying to bring in the fans. And I, I'm almost wondering, I'm almost wondering if this was kind of the team had this in the back of their head and they're like, Oh crap, we need to start making good on some things. We need to start doing some actual engagement, some actual fan, uh, some actual fan engagement. Um, you know, I think pur- purposely some ways they can ride the storm is they can make the promised improvements to the stadium. They can 
do a bunch of things that can keep that can sort of bring back a little bit um, some some of the different sort of the culture of the team. I mean, these are things that that you can do now that you can do that I think would bring some people back, even if the team is not very good. Um, Because that I mean, this is going to be I think a crucial time for this team right now. I mean. this this offseason went the the window the transfer window i hope there's some other moves <laughs> if it, if it's if it's Kamara and and jose torres then dear lord uh, who's the other guy there was a winger like from bulgaria or kosovo or i think it was kosovo yeah it was kosovo yeah so there we go there's that also but I mean, who knows? I mean, I mean, maybe the Olakar move throw thing off. Maybe the the fact that they are going to be without three of their like top three defensive midfielders are out for the next game at the very Jared least. Jeffrey. Jared Jeffrey. Shut up! You shut! Jared you Jeffrey. shut up! You're done. I'm I'm kicking you off this podcast. Cut his dude. mic. Cut his mic. <laughs> Cut his own mic. Oh, man, it's it's yeah. I mean, I I, I look at this from the perspective that. They need. This is a crucial time. They're gonna to have to do. They need to. They need to make the right move. And I think it starts with Olson. Olson out. I think it's time to bring someone else in who can, you know, a, if you can bring in a coach like a, a well-known, you know, coach in American circles. If you can find another Matias Almeida type, that would be fantastic. Um, shoot, maybe Tata Martino blows up in, <laughs> in, in Mexico and we can figure out a way to lure him in. But I mean, I think that's what I would, if I was, if I was sitting in that front office, I would already have in my head, maybe I'm not saying it publicly, but I'm like, I think Ben Olsen, I think we're going to get rid of Ben Olsen at the end of the year, short of him making a miracle turnaround or like literally against LA things just switch. And suddenly the team is playing amazing and they go out and win an MLS cup short of something miraculous like that happening. Um, I'm already thinking about who my next coach is going to be, um, and who who the who who can maybe sort of entice other players to come play, and can bring players in, maybe bring in some different talent, maybe that wasn't available. If you find out he's coach rather than Ben Olsen, um, because the coaching talent has exploded in this league, it's gotten so much better. Um, you can just watch the games now, and you can just tell there's just a different level of coaching. Um, so. I think that's what DC needs to do. I think they need to bring in a, a type that can sort of, you know, turn turn something into turn maybe a whole lot of nothing coming into next season into something. So, yeah, these ticket these ticket prices are unsustainable if they don't replace Wayne Rooney with a Wayne Rooney type, though. They're, those single those single game seat prices, the season ticket prices are not uh, are not going to cut the mustard. There's going to be a lot of empty seats, uh, and maybe they don't care. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe as long as they sell the boxes, it doesn't matter. But the amount of people who are there because of Wayne Rooney, you know, it's a big percentage, and and no and no name that fits under the typical DC United budget will change that. And the amount of change that's going to happen in the next twelve months for this team, it's unlikely to create the type of winner that we're talking about that brings fans in, regardless of names, that quickly. That would be very counterintuitive with the amount of money DC United is going to have to spend. They're going to have to make some. They're not gonna. They're gonna be able to buy all certain picks, right? There's gonna be some. There's gonna be some gambles they've got to take to to retool the roster to the extent that it'll need to be retooled. I'm. I'm. You know. I'm gonna listen to this in. In. No, I'm not gonna go back and listen to a podcast in three months. But I feel like if I did, I will. I will. I will feel like I was way over the edge on this. But I. I today, this is how I feel. Today, I feel like this is. This is recording some dark days ahead, it, based on. The transition we're about to go through. It almost feels like, you know, we started this week with that was an awful game. We're all angry about the game. We're all, you know, should this is this, you know, 
people who have already been on the Olsen out bandwagon or have been sort of hinting at that or already went full Olsen out yesterday and um, and, and just everything about how the, yeah, he needs to be gone. And I, I feel like I feel like we were kind of like, well, you know, end of the season, you know, we'll still we'll see. And now it's kind of like I feel like I feel like, you know, you get like we just got we all just got punched in the gut. We're like crawling on the ground, and then today we just we we just got like smacked in the head or something like that, and like that's it, we're out. It's like, oof. it's like we have a punctured lung and a broken <laughs> ankle all at once, and 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 we got a VAR reviewed yellow card that turned into a red. So yeah, yeah, that's the that's the that's the karmic field of the day. Yeah. All right, let's um, take a break. Yeah, we need to we need to rest. <laughs> we need to rest. We need to retool. Uh, we come back. Uh, I don't know. We'll figure something out. I'm sure. Let's do the hard Welcome back to the RFQ Refugees, the soon Wayne Greenless RFQ Refugees podcast. Uh, let's uh, let, let's shift focus a little bit. I want to talk a little bit um, about the NWL. The Washington Spirit, of course, played on Friday against the North Carolina Courage. Um, the North Carolina Courage were without Crystal Dunn, and I think one other player, and I know that the, of course, the Washington Spirit were without Mallory Pugh and were without um, uh, Rose Lavelle for this game. Um, and and I have a, I have I have some some thoughts. So so this the if you didn't know if you didn't watch it, the USA played Ireland, uh, I think at the Rose Bowl. Uh, I think thirty seven thousand people showed up. Um, for sort of a, a celebration game for the team and everything like that. And, you know, it, it's all fine and well. Like, I get why they did that. I'm glad the team got a moment, I guess. You know, we should be talking about this team. We should be celebrating this team. But it, we, we're reading articles about how much the NWSL is struggling. We're seeing some of, somewhat of a bump, um, somewhat of a bump sort of in attendances in certain places kind of with, with the sort of return of the of the national team stars. Like, imagine if you're like an owner of like an NWSL team. Imagine you're, you're the owner of the Washington Spirit right now. And you've been without Rose Lavelle. I think Rose Lavelle was injured a little bit. You've been without her for the World Cup. You've been without Mallory Pugh. You're two most marketable stars. Rose Lavelle goes and has an amazing World Cup, wins the bronze ball, becomes basically an overnight sensation, really. She, she was known, I think, amongst women's soccer circles, but I don't think she was really known sort of outside of that. Um, and, but she became suddenly she becomes a huge star. She becomes the player, you know, she scores a goal in the World Cup final. And you are like, I'm sure the owners were, dan- you know, the owner of the Washington Spirit was dancing in the streets. It would not surprise me if he was dancing because he has a really, you know, he has Mallory Pugh, sort of the future, already well known. And he's got Lozavelle now, the new star. We're ready to go. They play, I think, one game. I think they were out there for one game. And then U.S. Soccer comes out and says, well, we're going to schedule a friendly against Ireland in the Rose Bowl. It's not on a FIFA date, um, but you're going to give us our players because technically they work for us and we're just kind of loaning them to you all. That's really how the system works in the NWSL. Um, I would be honestly very upset as an owner because I'm like, here's you know, here's an opportunity. And, and especially, I think, the North Carolina Courage, they could have had Crystal Dunn. They could have had Roosevelt and Mallory Pugh out there. So it, it's, it's kind of annoying to me that U.S. soccer – Talks about there's all these articles about NWSL. You know, maybe it's on. It's on. It's you know, it's kind of on the brink. It's either gonna you know happen next year or it could go under or something like that. And here, U.S. Soccer is sort of saying rather than working maybe to try to promote more of the women's professional game to sort of give that more of a leg up, or maybe you can you know siphon away from sort of the the contract model, the current model they have set up now. 
Um, you know, certainly they're nowhere near that, but I mean, something, everything can help in that regard. And you're just pulling these players away for a meaningless friendly where literally the team won three, nothing. And I don't think, you know, you have the coach too, who's out, she's on her way out. So what are you really learning from this game? The game was, you know, it was a great celebration. I'm sure, I'm sure U.S. Soccer made a whole boatload of money on ticket sales. And That's what they're learning. They're it, learning about where to put the new money that they got. Well, yeah, it just seems it's a short term. It's a short term gain for potentially hurting things long term for the league. Imagine, you, I mean, to be fair, the, this, I think the Courage game got kind of rained out and they had to replay it. So maybe the crowd still wouldn't have been as good. But like, imagine if you like, maybe you're visiting Raleigh and you're like, oh, the Courage are playing to spirit. You know, your son or daughter is a big fan of Mallory Pugh or Rose Lavelle or Crystal Dunn. And you want to go see them. And so, you, you know, you're not really paying attention much to the to what's going on. You show up at the game and they're not there. And you would feel pretty upset and you would be like, well, I, I don't think I'm going to, you know, why, why would I do this again if I, they're not guaranteed to be out here? So it just seems like the league is kind of, U.S. soccer is kind of shooting themselves in the foot long term. Because I do think the the emergence of the NWSL, NWSL has had a dramatic impact on the um, on the U.S. women's team. Because they they were always a top team, but they really struggled from about 2003, 2007, and, 2000, and of course they made the final in 2011. But the, there was sort of a gap there where things were not too rosy with the team. I mean, they were kind of getting bounced in like the semifinals. They were not the near the dominant force. And you're risking your league going under when you do things like this. Play these sort of non games for essentially a short-term marketing game. So, you know, it, it, I don't know. It's, it's Maybe I'm completely off base or completely on board. Someone could come yell at me. But it seems to me like this is kind of a bad move from U.S. soccer. Uh, I don't know if oh, you I agree. Think, no, I think that's obvious. I, th- I think U.S. soccer hope. I would never accuse them of long-term thinking. Um, it's very similar to Congress. There's a, there's an idea that they they are on their 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 objective is their near-term balance sheet, and they're going to milk every last dollar out of this out of this World Cup win they can get. And this league, while it has been good for them, if it folds, it folds. The players will go play in international leagues, and then in a couple years they'll start another league, uh, NWSL two, and no one will care again. Like the problem, there's just there, there are a couple things. There are things that have happened. I've, I've tried to follow NWSL in the past, and there have been things that the league has pulled or a league officiating quality or players demanding trades for reasons that are very not sporting or missing games for things that you would never see happen in another professional league. There, There's just some some growing pains in, like, in a lot of areas, I think, Um before before the league is taken on its own seriously and u.s soccer will just be like well in in the interim we're gonna we're all about our paper we're gonna get this we're gonna get we're gonna get all the money we can out of this while we while we have people's attention sure it would have been great to have another two thousand fans at uh at at wake med in north carolina but in the near term this this made much more sense to us and even in the long term maybe it wouldn't have made that much big of a difference It, it does suck though if you're a team if you're a if you're you know, of trying to get fully into this this club life at NWSL, you've got to say, I mean, the rosters are are pretty deep uh, overall, but you still need the stars playing. Uh, although, you know, at the end, I think uh, the Spirit were always going to be lucky if they could get a point out of this game. Yeah, uh, and and if and if but for a, a pretty iffy red card, and uh, <laughs> the, 
it, it could have happened. They were they definitely looked they definitely looked set up to neutralize versus then be be an attacking force. But and, I think they might have been able to do it if they stayed eleven players in the field. And they still had some chances to 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 score. They they still generated I think a couple chances. I think there was one really nice save. Um, I I watched a little bit of the game and and, and kind of how it went. Um, the red card was completely and utterly. I mean, it was it was. It was. A, I think it's a tough call for the referee. I think the referee judged that there was a foul, and if you judge that there is a foul, then you know it's a, it's a red card. It's a red card because it's outside the box and it's not a penalty, so it's not a yellow. We. I think a lot of fans learned that <laughs> in the DC game last week. Um, I, I uh, I'll maybe talk a little bit about that in a, in a bit, but that was kind of a funny moment for me um, in the stadium. But uh, but basically, the for the Spirit game, um, I believe it was um, uh, Paige Nelson got the red card um it when you look at the replay it was certainly it, it was certainly give the impression that it was a dive uh, maybe you know Paige has her arm has a little bit of her arm and she's kind of you know doing some general shoving uh that's a case maybe if the league were to stick around var might come into play and they might push var that would be something that where the referee would take a second look at that and say oh no that was a complete dive i'm so sorry referee off and then he yellow cards the the other player for for simulation um, you know, but it, I mean, really from the start, uh, the courage were the better team in the game and, and they could have actually very easily won this game two to two, three, nothing. Um, so the spirit did well to kind of hold their own, even, even being down 10 men, um, unlike their male counterparts in DC who did not do <laughs> well at all, holding a team, <laughs> holding a team scoreless. So, um, so yeah, uh, disappointing game for them. And of course, uh, the Loudon gameplay, I don't think either of us really got a chance to watch that, but they lost four to two. The future, the, guy, the guys we're going to be relying on next season when everybody right. goes away. <laughs> uh, I watched Busamante, center midfielder of the future. <laughs> yeah, I watched. I watched a little bit of it. Uh, Atlanta United hadn't won a game in like a million years, so it was it was going to be good odds for for Loudon to build a streak here. Unfortunately for them, they ran into a, the buzzsaw that was Bienvenue Kanakamana, who has an amazing name with lots of vowels, uh, and also put on a show for the half that I watched. Uh, and that was before he scored his hat trick, uh, in the 70th minute. Also, they had George Bellow play, which is not fair. And they also had, uh, they had Andrew Carlton play, which is, which is more fair since he's had a bit more of uh, a challenging time trying to make a difference. But George Bellow looked very good in his, in his 45 minutes. Uh, apparently he is very close to rejoining the, the big club, uh, very soon after he's coming back from long-term injury layoff. So I will be there. I think the next game might be Friday, the, the home opener. Um, I'll be there, uh, with bells on. So that'll about, that's something. So that'll be, we'll, we'll have that. And the spirit will be playing. When is their next game? Do we know? Is their next game, the Audi field game? Uh, I believe it's close to that. Or I think that's later in, in, uh, their next game is uh, against Chicago. Oh Jesus! Uh, <laughs> against Chicago at the Soccerplex on the tenth. On the tenth, so Saturday. If you've, been, if you've been watching the last few weeks, you'll know that that is not the team you want to draw at this exact moment. Uh, not, not, not great. <laughs> Sam Kerr is a goal-scoring uh, machine at the moment, and she's not even the only one. So, quick uh, question: Are the Chicago Red Stars? Are they still going to play at? Um, I think so. At the at at Toyota Stadium or Toyota Park or whatever it's called, I can't remember. I, One of the I two. believe Seat Geek. Seat I don't know Geek. what it is now. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> who knows? But I think they are. I think I read that they'll continue to stay there. I don't think wow. they moved to Soldier. That's interesting. They had a big. They had an unfortunate big drop off on their attendance. They went from seventeen thousand back down to five, 
um, which is probably more closer to what their what their sustainable average is. But it was a still sort of a bummer to see that. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, and I, I could see. I follow now all the because there's so few of them. I now follow all of the women's teams on uh, on Twitter, so I can see all the promotions. They're very, pushing season tickets very hard right now. Yeah. And if you can't if you can't sell them right now for how the fire is doing, and then also how in contrast how the red stars are doing with Sam Kerr just being like probably the MVP. I don't know. Probably yeah. the MVP. Well, I think they're talking Sam Kerr is going to leave. I think she's going to be. She, they're talking. A lot of European clubs are coming and sniffing around, and I guess that's sort of the. I guess that's sort of the other thing I haven't really considered with the NWSL folding is that the European teams have actually stepped up a yep. lot, and, and every single better. and every single every single player on that U.S. roster would find themselves a European club to go to at some point. Like they would making, be making double their salary, most yeah, likely, most in likely places, most likely. Uh, I had read that she didn't want to leave. She, I think, is dating somebody on the team and didn't want to leave. Chelsea made a bid for her. Or was rumored to have made a bid for her and she didn't want it. Maybe she just wanted to go somewhere else. That's entirely possible. That's unfortunate because that would have ruled. Uh, yeah. I hope she reconsiders. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> they, since since only the women's Chelsea team can can uh, make signings this year, hopefully they put a little bit more money in the transfer kitty than uh, since Chelsea's not using that on their men's side. Yeah. So do we want to talk at all about this game, the DC United game? <sighs> do we? Um, I don't know, man. It's. I mean, it was, it was just, I mean, it was just, there's so much bad in that game. It's just, it, and with everything else that's happened, it's almost just kind of just depressing. Um, I did think it was kind of funny. I, I saw the penalty call, of course, I'm sitting kind of behind the score, Scortron. So I kind of took a quick glance up when they showed the replay of, of the penalty, of the penalty call and the referee went to VAR. And so the referee went to VAR and I said, I looked at the play and I saw kind of a shirt tug. I saw a grab and I'm like, okay. About 70% of me is telling me he's reviewing this to see if he needs to give Moreno a red. The other 30% is reviewing is, is the other 30% is telling me maybe he's reviewing to see if it's an actual penalty. Um, and then I saw him come back from the VAR. He made a little motion. The crowd starts cheering and he start and I see him dart towards Moreno on the field. And I said, this is going to be a red. And literally like he waves off the yellow and everybody's still cheering. And then he pulls out the red and everybody, including my dad, who was at the game next to me, he goes, what? What's going on? I said, it's a red for exact. It was in review to take out the penalty. It was a review to see whether there was there was a genuine attempt to play the ball, um, which is a new role. Actually, I really like with penalties, but um, there was not a genuine attempt to play the ball by Moreno and thus a red. And I think probably stupid play from Moreno. And it really hurts the team next week because uh, 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 you know, Canals is still out with the punctured lung. And um, uh, Chris Durkin went down with an injury and was subbed off immediately. Um, and then Ariel went down. And I said, if Ariel goes down, this team's eighth place, like, you know, faster, fast, real fast. Um, but then apparently that was more precautionary. Probably, oh, I think the, the, the score line was like 3 nothing, And so Olsen's just like, let's bring him off. Let's not, you know, <laughs> dear Lord, I can't afford any other injuries right now. So let's just bring him off. So hopefully, hopefully uh, it's not the end of that. But um, hopefully than- I wanted to see a 7-1 to scoreline. I wanted to see the Marseille <laughs> scoreline in this game. Because I yeah. think if we got there, we might have seen a fight between Bill Hamid and Leahara. Yeah. Because they, they seemed like they wanted to do it at 5-1. It was close. I feel like maybe he was thinking about punting the ball at the back of his head, maybe. But if I think we got the 7-1, we might have seen fisticuffs on the field, and then that at least would have been notable. Yeah. I, I, I kind of missed that. Maybe you missed that, I guess. The TV, you can get a little bit more of the stadium. I, no, think- I was there. I was kidding. I was there. I was I was at the game. I tried to sell my tickets. No one would buy them. I was sitting in my seat thinking, you know, I'm glad I didn't sell my tickets. This is a nice night. This is going to be a good game. And then it wasn't. And then I was like, no, I should have sold the tickets. 
I should have definitely sold them for face. That was stupid. <laughs> I should have. I was trying to make money like a dummy, and I instead I, I went and I sweated and I watched that just just horrible thing happen. Gotcha. I don't think you told me you weren't at the game, and I went to the game. And... I told you I wasn't going to the game, and then I ended up at the game, and oh. then I tweeted pictures from the game. Okay, I missed all that. I was, hanging, I, was hanging, I was having a good time with my dad, so I didn't need to be with you, so it's fine. Good. It's okay. I'm not well, upset. Yeah, not you should have. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I, I really – so we, we we should talk about this in public. Do we want to try to do a deadline day show on Wednesday? We will – yeah, we will. We will. I think we will go ahead and we will go ahead and announce um, deadline day is Wednesday, Wednesday. right? Wednesday. Wednesday. Yep. So we will what time do, does it close? I'll, you keep talking. I'll, I'll, I'll figure out what time it, it closes. It's probably, it's probably midnight on Wednesday. I don't know if we'll go – We'll do it at midnight for sure. We'll definitely do the <laughs> – no. We'll definitely be there, but no, we will not. That is incorrect. Because I mean, stuff stuff sometimes doesn't get finalized. But we will we will do a live show. You can call in and tell us all of your feelings about Wayne Rooney and everything like that. We thought about doing it this week, and I said, well, let's let's do some planning behind it. Let's get a couple days so y'all know it's there. And this there's a lot to talk about. You can vent your frustration. You can say Olsen out. You can say we're awful for not calling for Olsen after the end of the playoff game, which is still kind of puzzling to me. Um, the end of the playoff game last season, by the way. Uh, so we'll do a live show. It'll be on our YouTube page. Uh, so yeah, check that out for sure. It, it is midnight, so we'll definitely there. There, there, there may be. I'm sure there will be moves after we close the show, but that's that's fine. Yeah. So yeah. we'll make sure we'll make sure to we'll make sure to get the word out there. We don't really have. I would say there aren't really questions that were submitted. I don't think no for the podcast. It's more of just like collective, like spleen spleen bursting or whatever i don't know it was just it's it wasn't good we all experienced this thing together at the same time today <laughs> uh yeah. tim tim flesh still potentially wanting emil Assad, <laughs> still hoping uh that that's gonna happen <laughs> oh can we talk happen. about donovan pines you and i did you and i disagreed on we on, did on we did disagree on donovan pines we did. donovan pines all of a sudden could not trap the ball every time he got the ball it would hit off of his shin and go five to six feet it was it was a jossie's artist like like period he was out of position. If you can, if you consider that he can't play a three, a three, three in the back, three center back pairing, okay. Um, but the 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 uh, what's the word naivete he showed and not getting that ball either out or up the field on the goal. Oh yeah, that was, was bad. Was big time rookie mistake. Yeah, they, and, and that's gonna happen. That's gonna happen with it is with, unfortunately. Mm. However, in this setting with this team shipping so many points. You can't afford that to happen. You yeah. need to go back to, and, and we're going to go so, back to that four man back line. It's happening. Yeah, it has to. And it, it was very, very telling in that game when they brought on, I think, Odie Ostom for, I can't remember who they brought him on for. Pines. Pines. And then they shifted back to a four back line. And suddenly, even with 10 players, they looked infinitely better. And they looked like maybe they were going to pull off some sort of like miracle, you know, at least make the game interesting um, at that point. Um, but I think. This game just showed how bad, and it's, 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 it's. I am so frustrated with Ben Olsen because he has been forcing this three-five-two monstrosity, and I, I think maybe he thinks maybe he he's pushing this because well, it's going to prevent us from getting goals, and then we're gonna we have a sub we can bring on in, in Joseph Mora who can just turn it up, and I'm just like, what do you like? Play play the four man back line. This team was built at the beginning of the year to play a four man back line. This whole experiment with a three man back line has just been atrocious. It's been awful. He was trying something. Everybody said you're not tactically you're not tactically flexible though, and he tried something new because we can't score goals because the offense still 
acts like they've never met each other before. So and, he tried something new, and it didn't it didn't work. But okay, and you I, gotta and, you gotta write something. And I and I but but yet we know it hasn't worked. We know it's been bad for weeks. And I think a large part and a part of the reason the team looks so bad offensively is because they're playing a position they weren't built to play. And that I I I will be I will be very interested if they roll out you know the four man back line. I don't know. I I'm willing to bet he's going to roll out the three man back line against against L A again because oh. just I no I, I do think so because I think he's so he's going to be That'll so be a short hilarious defense. troll move if he does that. That is that is that is <laughs> I will I actually will respect him if he watched that game saw that scenario knows that he doesn't have two defensive midfielders to play in front of the in front but of that back line and still does it. But that's why I think he's going to do it because he doesn't have two defensive midfielders, so he's going to play three defensive players, so he can so he can do some some different things in the offense, and hopefully hope to God Ola Kamara's out there, so maybe he can be come off the bench at some point because that that's about the only hope I have that this team and maybe you can ride his motivation uh, for for being kind of shipped off by L.A. So that is um, so that is that is describing a lot of potential motivation that may may or may not be there. He's a good player, and I really. Let's I, make a bet right here, Ted. Here we go. This is we're gonna make a break a record of this. All right, I I I'm willing to bet twenty dollars. So uh, Wayne Rooney's Wayne Rooney's score scoring tally these one and a half seasons, two seasons, will beat Ola Kamara's three season contribution by five goals. You think Net. it's going to be that bad? Yep, I do. Wow, that's what I think. Okay, so twenty dollars. Yeah, listeners. Okay, some, I'm sure one of our listeners takes good notes. And we'll like do like a Reddit remind me thing to remind us at the end of three years that I owe Ted twenty dollars or he <laughs> owes me twenty dollars. Uh, but that's that's where we're at. That's that's my official thought. Ted actually may be taking the note down now. He may be going to his calendar and moving forward three years <laughs> and <laughs> saying, probably, "Get my money from John." We probably will not remind this. Um, by the way, uh, Stephen Golf, uh, uh, Chris Durkin having an MRI exam today, awaiting results, seem likely to miss several weeks. He's the third defender midfielder to miss this weekend's match. Uh, Canals injury, Moreno red card. So yeah, there's that. Um, but uh, I think I, I think I think one of us might play defensive midfield, or Jared Jeffrey. One of the one of the three of us might get out. Not there. gonna be Jared. Better not. Jared Jeffrey's not even on the friggin' team anymore. And you're talking about Jared Jeffrey. He might be. Still you know, on the, you know what's gonna be? It's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be Leonardo Hara and it's gonna be Lucas Rodriguez. We don't know that he's not on the roster. He may just uh, they may like whenever they take pictures at training, he may just hide. And he may still be, he's just not making a lot of money. He's on, he's an off budget roster player. This is like my goats. This is Jared Jeffrey is my thing that I'm riding on this podcast and I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to ride it into the ground, ride it into the ground. All right. I think it's time we wrap up the show. Uh, Thank you all so much for listening. Twitter.com slash RFU Refugees. Facebook, search the RFK Refugees podcast. Uh, Patreon.com slash RFK RFK Refugees if you want to donate to the show. Um, thank you for sticking around to the show. I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, stay tuned for our live deadline day show. This will also give you a chance to call in if you want to yell about Ben or anything like that. So stick around for details on that. And uh, we will catch you all next week. Vamos. Vamos. Vamos.